All right. Today, we're going to talk about some alternative ways to chill. And I originally had titled this Ditching the Booze, but I think that's not the right title for it because you don't necessarily need to ditch the booze. I just want to share some other options to alcohol um, that I've been exploring uh, for the past decade. I think when we're talking about this, we can outline that You know, sometimes after a hard day at work or when you're visiting family for the holidays, I'm recording this right now during holiday season. So there's a lot of family gatherings um, and social events that we go to where there is this kind of assumption that you're going to have a cocktail or two. I recently have completely given up alcohol. So I've been looking for those other ways to chill. So that's cannabis and psychedelics for me. So we're going to talk about alcohol, cannabis and psychedelics today. And as we're talking about all of them. Um, I think it's important to have this concept in mind, the law of diminishing returns. And essentially what that means is that at some point, the inputs in stop having a beneficial impact. So we'll use alcohol, for example. Those first two drinks are great. You get that good buzz. Those third and fourth ones, great. They start incrementally adding on to the hurt that you're going to feel the next day. And so that is one of the reasons that I've chosen to kind of put alcohol on pause and look at some other options like cannabis and psychedelics. Okay, so I promised you a story of one time when I accidentally overconsumed, and this time is actually with um, psilocybin. I was with my cousin and my husband. We were in Florida. We were out on the beach that day and we decided to microdose and, you know, did the typical thing where you kind of get caught up in the moment and you're like, well, I don't really feel anything. I'm going to try a little bit more. We didn't have it kind of dosed out perfectly. Why way too much um, psilocybin? And we then later went home to my parents' house where other family was there and it all started to hit. And I started to feel like I was taking off in a rocket ship. And this is kind of like maybe eight years ago. So earlier in my, you know, exploration into psychedelics, so it really wasn't meaning to have kind of a a mega dose moment around all my family. Um, But here I was and having it. And so we're sitting outside and I'm looking at my cousin and my husband and they're fine. And I'm like, oh shit, I do not feel fine. Like everything starts feeling shaky. Um, The trees start waving, all of the things happening. I'm like, okay, so this isn't a microdose and I bet or buckle up. But I can't, I, I just can't sit in front of my family because one of the side effects of psychedelics is this like very large smile and you just can't wipe it off your face. And it's one of my favorite things about psychedelics. So I'm just, they're like telling a sad story about someone in the family and I am just cheesing and I can't stop cheesing. And finally my husband's like, Devin, you need to go for a walk. Like you need to get out of here because your vibe is so different than everyone else's vibe. And so That was it. I think now my family uh, knows that day that I was, you know, a little bit high on psychedelics, Um, but it was intended to be a microdose. And because I wasn't patient and I went back to the bag and had a little bit more than I should have, it ended up being a mega dose and I had to walk and it was a lovely walk. I went on a walk around the neighborhood by myself through the nature trails and until I just kind of balanced out a little, but it's funny now to look back on, but in the moment it can be a little bit nerve wracking because it's like, 
you weren't mentally prepared for it. You're in a social setting. Some of that paranoia starts setting in. And what that was looking like for me was just, are they judging me? Are they looking at me? Um, so yeah, that is my funny story. I learned my lesson and now I'm very careful with dosage and starting really slow and staying slow um, with it. Okay, so as we talk about this, um, in no way am I shaming anyone that does choose alcohol as a way to kind of let their hair down after that long day. Um, just for me, it stopped serving me. I started having, you know, compounding on some health things I'm going through. I just started having a hangover even with one glass of wine. You know, my husband and I, anytime we would drink together, it was like we'd always find ourselves in silly little arguments and it's like, this isn't worth it. And especially when there's these other alternatives like cannabis and psychedelics. Now, as I go and talk about something like cannabis or psychedelics, I think it's important to also recognize that there's a stigma around those options as well, just the way, same way there's becoming a stigma around alcohol. Um, and one of the stigmas around using cannabis is that it gives you paranoia. And it's why some people are potentially afraid or they've had that bad experience that we all know about you know, ate too many brownies or cookies. And I wanted to read a really interesting research um, article that just came out in Forbes. There is a university set of university researchers that studied the effects of cannabis as it relates to paranoia. And what they found was that inhaled cannabis is far more likely to reduce symptoms of anxiety than to cause them. And since this study looked at cannabis use in states where cannabis is legal, researchers even hypothesized that cannabis's past reputation for bringing on paranoia may have had more to do with individuals' worries over getting caught with an illegal substance than from any strong chemical impact of the drug. I tried to find research out there to talk about in this episode that linked what it happens on a molecular level in our body that causes that paranoia. And there isn't really anything too profound to mention here. Um, and that sometimes it really it just is in your head. So all that being said is that I think that that's why some people tend to want to go to alcohol quicker or easier than cannabis is because of that paranoia. But there is a way to kind of divert that paranoia that we'll dive into in a little bit. Um, so since this episode is all about alternative ways to chill, I also wanted to share, you know, just some like short term and long term benefits and, you know, potential issues with these three things. So alcohol has no short term or long term benefit. There is nothing good that happens in our body when we consume alcohol. In fact, it's, it's poison. So it has the potential to cause liver disease, heart damage, pancreatitis, stomach and digestion issues. Issues, um, infertility and anxiety. It can induce a lot of anxiety, you know, like the Sunday scaries. Um, and then cannabis, when done right, it's actually doing something on a molecular level with your endocannabinoid system and it's helping your body reach homeostasis. So while it's also helping you potentially relax and, you know, have a therapeutic application, it's also helping your nervous system and other peripheral systems to it come into greater balance. And then we have psychedelics that we'll talk about as well. And psychedelics, when done in small or large doses in the right setting, in the right therapeutic setting, um, they're really helping with the your neuroplasticity in your brain and your happy center, your serotonin production. So that is ultimately why I have, you know, given up on alcohol for the time being and switched to cannabis and psychedelics. So now let's talk about how you could 
you know, use cannabis as that alternative way to chill. I like microdosing, um, both cannabis and psychedelics. Um, so cannabis, let's say I'm going to a social event. So actually tonight I have a group dinner. Um, I am going to take 0.5 milligrams. This is a really small amount of THC. I have to even cut products in half to obtain that small amount, but it's just enough to help me always feel in control of the situation, in control of myself and my thoughts, no paranoia, but just enough to kind of like relax a little and have fun and really engage in conversation and be able to be present. There's also something I want to talk about uh, when we shift this conversation over to psychedelics. So psychedelics are everywhere. Everyone's talking about mushrooms right now online. Everyone's talking about microdosing and how to stack your dose, but no one's talking about something really dangerous um, with microdosing. So on the topic of risk and reward and microdosing, let's talk about it. There is something called SSRIs and SNRIs. And these are the drugs that you take if you're on antidepressants, mood stabilizers, anti-anxiety, anything like this, antipsychotic, any of these drugs, you're going to really not want to come near psychedelics. They're going to interact with you in a very negative way. And I, I wish I saw this being talked about more out there. So SSRIs are selective serotonin retake inhibitors. So basically these mood stabilizers and antidepressants, they block our body from reabsorption of serotonin. And what this does is it triggers our body to produce more serotonin so that hopefully you, you know, have more of that happy chemical in your body. What psychedelics do in your body is they bind to that serotonin and they increase your feelings, your consciousness. And, you know, that's when you start feeling the trip. Now, microdosing, you don't feel the trip. But when you mix these two chemicals in your body, you create a potentially potentially life-threatening um, situation. And this is why I wish I saw it being talked about more. So serotonin is a neurotransmitter and it plays that vital role in managing our mood. And when you take psychedelics, when you're on these drugs, these two drugs working against each other cause what is called serotonin syndrome and could be life-threatening depending on the degree, but it can cause things like severe agitation, um, sensitivity to light, high blood pressure, muscle rigidity, and seizures. And it's something that is potentially happening a lot out there. People are having these adverse uh, reactions when they're turning to psychedelics because no one's talking about this. So I wanted to make sure today when we're talking about alternative ways to chill and looking at cannabis and psychedelics as something that I've enjoyed doing that I'm talking about it. So if you're someone out there that is taking an antidepressant or a mood stabilizer or anything like that, I really recommend talking to your doctor about a path forward there. They're going to be familiar with serotonin syndrome and might be able to help you titrate off mood stabilizers if you want to go try something like ketamine. There's ketamine clinics here in Tennessee. There's a walk-in ketamine clinic on every corner or something like microdosing psilocybin. And then once you are, you know, safely off of these SSRIs or SNRIs, psychedelics could be a wonderful tool for you to tap into that play-like mind, tap into your happy center and find that kind of shift that you're looking for after a hard week or in a social setting. Okay, so we've got the cannabis, we've got the psychedelics. Now you've been properly warned um, to, you know, tread with caution if you are on those mood stabilizers. And so where do you start if you're new to this? You're, okay, Devin, I'm ready to kind of 
try something, ditch alcohol or try something different. How do I start? Well, I think, you know, depending on what state you're in, your legal access to something like cannabis or psychedelics. So you want to pick a reliable brand and product and something that's really low dose. And low dose means for THC, it's going to be 0.25 to 2.5. For psilocybin, I would say your microdose is going to be like 0.10 to 0.25, and then you can build from there. Um, and then just to give you a range on the psilocybin, anywhere from like 0.25, and this is really like user dependent and, you know, everyone has a different reaction with it, all the way up to 3.5 grams would be your megadose. But there's some people that kind of land right in the middle and it's still a microdose. So those are just giving you some numbers to kind of base off of. And I always with both of these, cannabis and psychedelics, recommend starting low and slow. We all have that person in our life, myself included. I'm gonna tell you all a funny story. That ate one, didn't feel anything, and then decided to eat more. And I consider myself at this point in my career and what I'm in a connoisseur, but I still fuck this up. Um, And so it's super important to really be patient. And that's something I really struggle with being patient, but you really want to give yourself time to feel the effects of either the cannabis or the psychedelic. I've had psychedelics take upwards of five hours to feel anything. I've had cannabis take up to five hours to feel anything. There is nothing worse than over consuming and sitting there and being like, oh no, I'm in it. And by that time, sometimes I'm like at my social event and I'm like, oh man, I'm really in it now. And like, then the paranoia kicks in because you're like, oh, do these people know? And you're freaking out. So just don't do that. Like here, here's your warning. Um, don't do it. Start low, go slow and find what's best for you. Test it in a safe place. Don't try this for the first time. Um, you know, the first time meeting your in-laws over the holidays. Um, try it when you're at home with someone you trust where you can get goofy if you need to. Never try it on an empty stomach. And my favorite thing is stay hydrated. I think hydration is key so that you're keeping it, you know, mobile in your body. And those are my, you know, advice and input for someone that might be looking to find an alternative way to chill and looking to cannabis or psychedelics as one of those options. Okay. And like we talked about earlier, there is no profound science that um, shows that cannabis or psychedelics are what cause the paranoia. So it might truly just be in your head and microdosing would be a good way to start and incrementally try to see if that plant compound interacts well with you. Okay, and on the next episode, I'm going to talk about how these plant options have helped me tap in and be a better mom. 